Hello, I'm your host Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Banderflex podcast. For this podcast, I'm joined by Joseph Lennon as we chat about Black Panther. The film's been out now for a few weeks, earning rave reviews and proving a success at the box office. But I caught up with Joseph to chat about the film. But before you hear that interview, let's play a clip of Black Panther. I'm doing you guys a favour by letting you even be in here. Does she speak English? When she wants to. So that's a clip of Black Panther, and I'm joined now by one of our newest contributors, Joseph Lennon, who was on before, just before Christmas, um, talking about The Last Jedi. Now we've got you back, Joseph, you're going to be talking about Black Panther. So before you get into review, for our listeners who maybe haven't seen Black Panther, give us a bit of the setup. It's a very kind of political setup, so it is. Um, when you first see him in Civil War, you're introduced to his father, Teen Tshaka, who is pretty much killed off let's say um, it's okay you don't have to worry about spoilers oh okay <laughs> yeah so t- well for civil war just to clarify okay yeah. King Tachaksha is killed off and that sets um, King well he's not King in civil war but um, T'Challa on a personal vendetta to kind of find out who killed his father Okay, well, that, that brings us kind of up to date. Um, we've both seen Black Panther. You've mentioned Civil War there. Um, this film feels very much like a, a sequel or continuation of of what we've seen at the, by the climax of Civil War. It's standalone in as much as it can be, but I think in the same way that maybe Iron Man 3 felt like the epilogue to the first Avengers, this feels like, because there's certain tonal things, things that you've mentioned there, that are, are clearly a point of Civil War. So before we talk directly about Black Panther, were you a fan of Civil War? It did a lot of things. It introduced Black Panther. It introduced Spidey into the MCU. I really enjoyed it because, I mean, it, it was slightly different from the the normal setup we get with the Marvel films, that kind of formula that they have. For me, everything that we saw there felt earned and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, do I think it's as good as the original source material, the graphic novel? No, but then I think it's probably not something you could have done word for word on the big screen. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, for me, what really made Civil War work for me, which was it was a very personal story. There's a lot of personal stories that kind of intertwined with one another, which I found very interesting. And to be honest, which... One of the main reasons why I think Civil War is probably in my top five Marvel movies is because it really took a step back from the usual Marvel norm in terms of the traditional third act instead of being on a large, you know, mammoth scale. It was way toned down. It was between three characters, you know. And I just thought it was a breath of fresh air, let's say. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, guys, you know, you've you've already seen this, so we're just going to tone it down a wee bit you know we're not dissing it completely but you know we're just for the purpose of this story we're just going to completely tone it down and just keep it very personal i think the introduction of black panther while he was a a pretty big part of the plot 
he was overshadowed by the return of Spidey. And I think that was inevitable that, that Spidey would take the, the headlights. So, so for that introduction of that character, to throw someone like Black Panther straight into that, how did you find that character? Because um, I, I have to admit, maybe you're more versed in the kind of comic lore than I am. I've, I've said before, I'm more DC than Marvel. Black Panther was a character I was aware of, but, you know, a, a bit like, I'll come back to this later on, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I was kind of, I was coming in pretty fresh with this character. So, but how did you think his introduction was handled? It was kind of a tricky one because obviously you know we are introducing Spider-Man into the MCU, so yeah, you are going to he is going to overshadow anybody you put in alongside him. But I was aware of Black Panther in the comics, obviously, but I wasn't well versed in his any of his storylines. So um, I read up a little bit on Black Panther before going to see Civil War, so just to kind of give me the standing ground, you. Know, I actually thought he was handled extremely well. Um, I read the basic plots, you know, kind of what you need to know about Black Panther. So, um, yes, they did stick till some, till it to some degree. Some they didn't, but again, you know, it's for the movie. So, but no, I found him very, very, very interesting. Um, I liked his compl- complexity of his character. Um, to me, he was a guy who. He's always on a mission on some level. Do you know what I mean? You can look at this guy and kind of like, you know, he's there's always something he needs to do. Do you know what I mean? Because you look at the other guys and all and everybody has their own stuff going on. But to me, he's a guy that's kind of like, you know, he's like cat in the way. He's just out to do the right thing. No, I thought his introduction to Civil War was fantastic, you know, and he was actually one of the best parts for Civil War for me personally. Yeah, again, you know, this is not a confrontational podcast. Joseph, we are not disagreeing on anything here, but uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Black Panther. So I want to keep the political stuff to near the end, Joseph, and the kind of the, the big kind of cultural significance. Let's just look at it as a film. How did you find Black Panther? I thought it was absolutely tremendous. I've, I've now seen the film a few times, and each time I have found more and more stuff, Easter eggs, you know, just each time I've seen it. And I think it is, I've seen a lot of re- other reviews say it's revolutionary, you know, and so, which it is, you know, but I just think it's tremendous. It is a bit of a departure for the MCU. Yes, you do have your explosions, you know, all your usual ingredients for a Marvel movie, but so much more in that. So, so, so much more. Yeah, I I seen this in Valentine's Night of all times uh, with my beloved, and I went in uh, as I said earlier on. I'm not overly versed in the character. Um, I've had a kind of look online and kind of look at some of the back catalogs and what are the recommended reads for the character. But I really enjoyed it. Um, Wakanda, the, the setup of uh, an African country that is actually secretly very wealthy and is technologically advanced, but is hiding in plain sight. I think that's a great concept. Um, the country itself of, of, of Wakanda, in a weird kind of way, you know, it could have been like from the Thor universe. It could have been from something from Guardians of the Galaxy. There was definite nods to me for Star Wars, particularly the prequels. So I, I got that kind of kind of setup. I enjoyed it, and what I liked about it the most, and again, we haven't really you know disagreed on anything so far, Joseph. But I liked that it was a film that was that was slow in a good way. It it gave its characters room to breathe. It wasn't just crash bang wallop rinse repeat. In the same way, like the Nolan films were, the Nolan films, which is why I'm on record and I've talked about ad nauseum about how much I love the Dark Knight trilogy, particularly 
Batman Begins is because it's, it's interested in Bruce Wayne. It's not interested in the Batman. This, to, to an extent, while it's still interested in Black Panther, is very much a film that, at its forefront, is interested in the characters themselves. Yes, I completely agree with you there. Um, I actually went in thinking that I wonder which way they're going to approach it because um, for some people who may not seen Civil War, you know, it may be a bit tricky. And when I was coming out of one of my screenings seeing it, there was a couple in front of me and he said to her, did you follow it okay? And she says, yeah, I could follow it fine. So it is, to me, that is kind of important because, you know, you do have to connect all the dots, you know, at the end of the day and make sure everything flows well. Not to give anyway spoilers, but it does kind of very slightly briefly recap Civil War in a brief few seconds and you could literally tell what was going on which I found, which I thought was very smart on behalf of the director to do so completely understand what you're saying about Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy it does tip its hat tell you know other movies and stuff but I actually really like the design of Wakanda I have to admit because it did have a very futuristic feel but at the same time you know it still felt very familiar, you know, like a, a place that you could like, kind of look and kind of go, yeah, I kind of understand. I, I can, I get the feel of that. You know, I've, I've been here before, sort of speak. So, I really like that aspect of it. You know, of trying to keep it grounded as well as you know, employing the usual Marvel traditions. Yeah, I think Ryan Coogler's done a really great job in in making a film that feels very much a part of the Marvel universe, but yet very much. It's, it's carved out its own piece of cinema. It's carved out its own space, which I think is a great thing because there was, for a while, that that belief that I think, particularly with the Marvel stuff, let's not go down the DC stuff, let's not go there. But with the Marvel, it was starting to come almost formulaic. And I, I think we've seen that. I mean, we've had Thor Ragnarok, where we've seen a much a completely different take on that Thor character. We, we have the Black Panther, we've had Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think this is why I maybe love Black Panther so much, because whilst it still felt part of that universe, it was something new, something different. You know, how many times have we seen the Batman story on screen? How many actors have we seen? I think it's great to have a new character introduced, and a new character introduced who's clearly going to be a big part of the Marvel Universe, introduced by the director with such confidence and such kind of, like it's it's effortless the way he's brought that character and the confidence in which he's created that world of Wakanda absolutely absolutely I mean I think Ryan has done a tremendous job in doing that because it is a first solo film for Black Panther yes you do have to kind of get a bit of the orange origin story in there and I know it is kind of split between this and Civil War but I felt it more in this you know from the get go um, not to give anyone any spoilers, but you know you do kind of get it from the very beginning, you know, kind of the origin of Wakanda, of how it was formed and how it's evolved from then to now. And having not known much about Wakanda personally, you know, I was completely, you know, informed right away, you know. So that really impressed me that you know to have the courage to, to do that and within a short space of time because you know you don't want to you know bloat it out you know and kind of loads of exposition you know kind of you got to know this you got to know that you know so to kind of do that on sh- such a short time scale I thought was just fantastic my only fear when they did that was I, I did think this was going to try and be much more 
like directly linked to you know the upcoming the, the third Avengers film, but they, they you know and I don't know if it's a spoiler or not to say, but they don't really I mean yes we know there's another Avengers film coming, but this is standalone. It it doesn't feel like you know Iron Man two, or even the last Avengers film where it was setting up things. You know it kind of has its own start, its middle, and its end. Yeah, and. One of the things I love about it, and I know I've touched upon that, about how that it's kind of slow and gives its characters room to breathe. At no point in this film does it sacrifice character for spectacle. At no point in the film's finale, even as it starts to descend into to people hitting each other, and in action sequences, we still have a clear understanding of what every character is doing and what their motivation, and it's not just crash, bang, wallop, rinse, repeat. And... The other thing, I mean, I can't believe I've even got this far and not mention it, the female characters in this, you know, yeah. it's, we don't get that like we have Lupita and Yongo, and she's fantastic, and she's not there as kind of the, the, the Black Widow character, like Black Widow's great, she's she's not really seen on the same par, but Lupita and Yongo holds her own, she's a spy, she's fantastic, and there's a sequence, I think it's in Hong Kong, that just reminds reminded me so much of kind of Bond. We have gadgets, we have beautiful women, and that was when the film clicked into gear. And I said, right, I get this, I get this. I've loved all the stuff in Wakanda, but that sequence in Hong Kong is just fantastic. Yeah, the Hong Kong sequence is probably my favorite bit in the movie. You know, it was just even the way it was shot. You know, you could tell it was well choreographed, well rehearsed. And they did employ, for me personally, they did employ new fighting techniques, which I really hadn't seen before, you know, kind of so. I thought that was refreshing. Personally, for me, the second time I seen it, I, I went with a friend and I came out of it and I said to my friend, did you enjoy it? And he goes, yeah, I loved it, Joe. And he says, what did you think your second time? And I personally said, this, I says, to be honest with you, I actually enjoyed the female characters more than the men. Honestly, because... Yes, it is refreshing and great to see more strong, driven female characters, but to me, the, the, the ladies of Black Panther really held their own, you know, and again, they have their own stuff going on within the plot, so, you know, I was totally for it. You know, even the child's sister, Sierra, you know, who is probably the most comedic character in the film, you know, just the way they were handled by Ryan, you know, I just thought was just fantastic. Yeah, they're very much equal, you know, and it's it's not to say, and it's probably me overthinking what I've said before. You know, Black Widow is a great character. Don't get me wrong, but she's she serves her her plot and her reason for existing within the Avengers film is usually to serve the plot of another. Like, I mean, she's in. Well, we okay, I know she's getting her own film finally, but so far she's she's been kind of like she's been there for Cap, she's been there for Iron Man, she's done her stuff okay in the Avengers, but. She's always felt like, you know, it's there's there's the big boys and then there's there's yeah. Black Widow. We don't get that here, and that's why I absolutely yeah. adored it. We we kind of have again. We've got as far we haven't really talked about the villains. We have two. We've Andy Serkis, who we briefly seen in the last Avengers film. We get to see him again with. As much as I love Andy Serkis, you know, part of me thinks, is he actually mocapping himself? But that's another story. <laughs> but as much as I love the accent, did irk me a little. But, you know, we have Michael B. Jordan, who's in there as uh, Killmonger. We've seen him before in Creed, which the, the director of this also worked on. Again, I thought he was great. He, he gives, and it's kind of what I want, you know, for me, and I know I'm starting to ramp now, or, or ramble on. To date, for me, 
in the Marvel Universe, in the grand scheme, TV and the films, uh, it's been Kilgrave from Jessica Jones, who's been my favourite villain, yeah. because, you know, he's he's rounded, he's not one-dimensional. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan, he, he's up there, for me, in terms of, of, of good villains, because he's not, you know, a megalomaniac yeah. villain. There's, again a clear sense of a character, a clear sense of motivation, and a clear sense of an arc that I got. And I I thought, you know, hey, I'm a big fan of Michael B. Jordan anyway. He can do no wrong in my eyes. But I thought for a villain, I thought he did a great job. While Andy Serkis, you know, I find him slightly underwhelming, but I think that's probably because of the way in which his character's been written here and the, the purpose that his character plays. Okay. Um, actually, I loved Andy in this. Um, I actually got a sense that Andy was kind of um, the Marvel's Joker. Mm. You know, in some scenes, just that kind of flamboyant, you know, over the top, you know. Like, I love Andy Serkis. Um, I do like his character, Claw. You know, I did appreciate him in Age of Ultron, which was the first time yeah, he was introduced till the MCU. Even in this, you can kind of tell, it was. it's kind of the same with Martin Freeman's character, Agent Ross, which was, if you kind of look at both of those guys in Age of Ultron and Civil War, they are really kind of dark and very, you know, determined. And in this, rant has kind of, let's say, pumped it up to Hill 11. You know, he's kind of said, right, guys, yes, you have done this, but come with Trancy, maybe a different kind of take on these characters, you know, without completely doing what they've done before, you know, because that would just make no sense. But, um... I did feel this time around um, both of those characters had a lot more to play with, you know, a lot, you know, more material and stuff. Um, yeah, I really did enjoy um, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. I do, I did get a hint of Heath's Joker, you know, in that sense of he's a guy with a plan, you know. Um, I did like the kind of, not getting any spoilers away, the twist, let's say, of the story. Maybe some people will see it coming. Um, I didn't because I was just so captivated with the, the film. But um, it is, again, back to the whole kind of personal driven thing, you know. And um, I did buy his agenda, let's say, you know, kind of. And we've seen it before, you know, kind of off the villain, you know, kind of. This is the villain's point of view and what they think is right, but it's wrong. But in this case, I totally bought his character and what he tried to do and what he wanted to do, you know, um, which again, is a tricky thing to do because sometimes it works and then, you know, they're just kind of like, no, no, just do your crazy stuff, you know, kind of. But I'm glad that Ryan and Michael B. George just stuck till that, you know, kind of, because I've heard some people kind of say he was good, but, you know, he didn't do what I thought he was going to do, which was just be, you know, over the top, you know, and just with the usual norm for a villain, you know, but I'm just glad that they kind of went down that path and kind of just, he's probably the most realistic Marvel villain that we've had, you know, certainly, you know, I do, I know that they've had kind of trouble in the past, you know, if Marvel can't quite get their villains right. I disagree on some levels, you know, um, but... Yeah, for me, um, Kelmonger is probably the best Marvel film we've had. His character works, and it's only just from listening to you there, and it's only come to me, so apologies if it's not a fully formed thought. His character has a lot of similarities with Daniel Bruhl's in uh, Civil War. But I think his character, because maybe he's given that a little bit more screen time, maybe his character's that little bit more rounded, it's that similar idea of someone who has a past and a past connection with our our, our leading man in this case uh, Chadwick Boseman, and it worked. It just worked that little bit better for me, and, yes. and than than it did with Winter Soldier. 
I just thought his character was so much more engaging than Daniel Bruhl's in, in Civil War. Yeah. I think there's a sense as well of that connection. I've kind of said this is, feels like a companion piece to Civil War. That idea of, you know, not to use the Spider-Man analogy again for within another superhero film, but with great power, in this case maybe great wealth, comes responsibility and there's a sense that, that we get that with his character and that's probably as unspoilerific as I'm as I'm going to be for a film that's just out that seems to be the, the sense of his character's motivation this character that, that this country this Wakanda that has such wealth should have a greater sense of responsibility we, we've kind of talked a lot about the ladies we've talked a lot about the villains how do you find uh, Chadwick Boseman as the leading man, as Black Panther, I think he's great. He's someone that has completely, in my case anyway, come out of the blue, come out of nowhere, like a good superhero film should do, and give us a new leading man. I thought he was great as as the Black Panther. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it is, you know, a huge task to undertake because, you know, it is the first solo film for Black Panther yes again we have seen him in Civil War but he has an entire movie to carry on his shoulders you know until any of these actors you know whether it be Robert Downey Jr or Chris Evans you know it must take a mammoth mammoth courage and strength you know to kind of carry an entire movie on your own especially if it's your first go around and I thought Chadwick just done a tremendous job of just keeping it cool you know it's like You've seen me before, but now this is me on a whole new level. You know, this is my time to shine. You know, you, you know, you're going down my path. You know, and I thought he handled it just extremely, extremely well. You know, yes, Rand's direction, you know, helped him, him tremendously. You know, with surroundings, you know, and stuff. But yeah, I thought Chadwick was just tremendous. We're going to bring our rambly, rambly chat to an end. And I said at the start, I wanted to keep the political stuff to near the end. And this is where we try and get hot and heavy and this is where as two white cinema goers we're going to make ourselves try to feel uncomfortable as we can now but do you think there's a sense as I've said as two white middle-aged cinema goers that mean we really don't fully appreciate the significance of a character like Black Panther and an African superhero that's entrenched with it, African culture we've had it for so long the white superheroes it's an interesting one because when I went on opening night to see Black Panther, I sat down and it was packed theatre. And I was chatting to my friend and this came into my head. We were just chatting about the film, you know, and our expectations of what we'll deliver in it. And, it actually, and I said to my friend, I says, do you actually think that this film is really going to take off in terms of, you know, with it being the first kind of let's say almost full black cast entering into a mythology that unless you're a major comic book fan may not know of you know and me and my friend were just kind of really debating you know kind of that's an interesting thought and then when the film ended um, I was keeping my ears open just to kind of see what people were saying and I did come across a few people who were kind of like, do you know what, I really enjoyed that more than what I thought I was going to, you know. And I could tell, they didn't say it out front, but I could tell they meant it in terms of, you know, this being, you know, yeah. with black people, you know, black actors and stuff. And I just, I could tell that it was just, again, it was refreshing to audiences, you know, kind of, because it's getting to the point now where audiences, you know, are so smart 
they know everything inside and out. You can't really trick them, you know, or kind of pull the wool over their eyes, so to speak. I found it to be, again, revolutionary, you know. I am one that somebody asked me, I think it was the second or third thing, you know, Joe, what do you think of this whole kind of, you know, revolution that Black Panther's paving the way for? And I'm, I'm not really a political guy, and I just said to him straight, we're coming out of this dark age now where, you know, nothing's kind of hidden away. You know, everybody's having their voice heard. And one of the things that I really loved about film was its boldness. You know, it didn't, let's say, for example, well, we'll only show the audience a certain degree of this because they're not going to be ready for this. It just blew the doors open. No matter, you know what? This is Wakanda. We aren't going to hide anything. This is Wakanda to a T. And that's what I have to really congratulate, you know, Ryan and Chadwick, you know, and everybody who made that film just a huge pat in the back because it was a risk. It was a risk for Marvel, you know, especially with, you know, yes, you have the exception of Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman, but 98% of that cast is black. There was a point where I was slightly worried was, was Martin Freeman going to be one that ends up saving the day? There was that kind of, that alarm bells going off in the back of my head. But I enjoy, I, I actually say that's a really good point you make. I think... Whilst this is still, it's a Marvel film and it's still, you know, exec produced by Kevin Feige, a, a, a white guy, it's very much a film that just, it doesn't feel like it's served up a sanitized version. It feels like a film that has, that has went for it, warts and all. It, probably to the same sense that we've seen with Wonder Woman last year. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff early on with Wakanda, when it's just those characters in that culture, in that civilization, just engaging with each other. Just, as I say, I come back to being given room to breathe and develop as characters. It reminded me a lot of, of what we've seen at the start of Wonder Woman and what we didn't see in Justice League. But again, let's not go there. I... I still have reservations, you know, I, I still think it's very easy to let this kind of, this, the moment kind of be blown out of proportion. You know, I want to see a Black Panther 2, I want to see a Black Panther 3, I don't want this to be a one and done. I don't think it's going to be a one and done, let's be honest. I mean, I think it's great that we have, I think the film, you know, it's, it's written, it, it is of course, it's, it's not only is it um, directed by Ryan, it's, it's written by a black man as well. Okay, granted, the characters are based by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, but I mean, that's just one of those things. Let's not underplay his significance. But I did really enjoy it, and that, which brings me kind of to the last couple of questions. Why do you think it's taken, I think I've noted down here, so I could be wrong, 17 films to almost get to this point where Marvel has the confidence to do this and to step away. You know, I put it on the same kind of bracket as what they did with Thor Ragnarok. They tried to do something different yeah. with that character. Here they've given us a Black Panther that come back to that point you made that feels authentic and feels like it's, you know, he's served up and created a Wakanda. Hasn't just allowed us to dip our toes in it. He's literally thrown his head first yeah. into the pool and said, right, this is Wakanda. Deal with it. But why do you think it's taken us 17 films to get to that point where we have Marvel with a black, a, a black superhero at the helm, leading the kind of leading the line here? Well, one of the reasons why I think it has taken it so long to have a Black Panther on screen, like I did read um, there previ previously that Wesley Snipes had mentioned that they were talking about doing a Black Panther movie in the 90s. You know. Um, God bless Wesley Snipes, but we'll not go down that route. Um, I think it's because you have to really kind of take a step back. Marvel has came such a long way. It's now 10 years. If you go the whole way back to 2008, there wasn't really 
let's say there was franchises but there wasn't this whole idea of a cinematic universe you know where all of these characters you know could collide in one another and even in that that was groundbreaking on its own um, because anything else that's since followed that you know Marvel just paved the way for that so I think that Marvel has been not sure if this is the right word but kind of playing it safe they probably didn't want to rush it I'm sure you know it has probably been in their development stages for goodness knows how long but I think it's probably because you know they wanted to do this right in terms of you know we want the audience to resonate with us you know we just don't want to throw it out there I'm glad that they kind of took their time and kind of not say postponing it but you know just kind of gradually bringing it in and to me it really flowed well of the way they gradually brought the Chilla and Black Panther into the MCU when um, Civil War premiered, you know, kind of, there was, you know, yes, all the attention was on Tom Allen's Spidey, but there was a few people, you know, that I kind of asked, and I was kind of like, what do you think of Black Panther? And they were kind of Black Panther fans, and they were kind of like, yeah, we are just so happy that finally he's getting the recognition that he deserves. So, to me, I personally believe, you know, that it was Marvel just taking their time, the right opportunity to do it, which... I think it's the right way to go. Um, if it's anything else, then, you know, to do with, you know, skin color or this or that kind of then fine. But, you know, I truly believe that they just took their time in just trying to get this character in this arc right. It's a boring podcast. We're agreeing on this. Um, we're not disagreeing. Um, I, I, I always come back to, I think there's always more steps that we can go. I've talked about this with Deadpool. You know, Deadpool is, is one of those, I know it's not part of the Marvel MCU, but Deadpool is a character with a, a fluid sexuality. We've seen that in the comics. Yeah. Let's see that explored more. We've Deadpool 2 coming out. Let's see if they do that. Let's see if they if they do go and give us this kind of, the, these complicated characters and I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent about Deadpool 2, but to bring it back and kind of generally, because we are talking about Marvel, Black Panther, to an extent, we have, you know, the Avengers film to, to, to come in April, but this kind of bookends Phase 3 yes. for Marvel. So, so how do you think Phase 3 for Marvel has played out for you? Are you sitting as excited as you were when Phase 1 began, when Phase 2? How do you think, particularly these group of films have played out for you within the MCU? Well, each phase for me, you know, has got me excited more and more and more. But I per personally, for me, phase three has probably been the best because it has now gotten to the stage where Marvel is now taking risks. They are really shaking things up. Um, like I had a discussion with a friend of mine, you know, and we were kind of, I said to him, you know, what is your kind of favourite Marvel solo movies, you know, and he said, well, you know, I don't mind the Iron Man movies, you know, we both agreed that Cap does have the best trilogy, you know, out of everybody, and then we kind of said, you know, kind of about the Thor films, and when we were chatting, it was kind of like, nobody kind of remembers the first Thor film. Then you had Thor The Dark World, which was a little bit better, but, but not, much, not much, you know, and then, you know, they kind of just kind of go in a completely new direction for Ragnarok, you know, it was just the right decision you know yes it was a huge departure because the first two Thor films you know did have a darkness and a grimness kind of yes they did have the usual Marvel jokes in there just the villains really didn't have too much of a let's say an agenda they were just kind of there to be ha 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 I'm going to blow stuff up whereas when you get to Ragnarok and you had Cate Blanchett who I one of the best villains you know up there you know hands down 
which again you could kind of get behind her reasoning her hatred and so for me I'm yeah it's phase three because they are taking more risks which I know I do like Marvel and DC I'm one of the rare guys that do that but I really think that DC should really take a leap out of their book and just trust their directors just guys listen the materials are but just pushing I know I said it wasn't going to go down to a DC rant, a rant fest. That's, what can I say? I'm a hypocrite. I, I don't think the problem is so much with the directors, with the DC side of things. I think it's with the writers. I think they need to trust writers to to have character, to, to, to put character into their films and not... I, I've said this before. I know I've talked to Aaron Flanagan from the comic book guys about this. My problem with the DC stuff is they're interested in Batman, they're interested in Superman. I'm not going to call him Man of Steel. They need to give writers the confidence to give us characters not, and not be fixated on superheroes. The films I've loved within the Marvel Universe have been the films that have been interested in Tony Stark, that have been interested in Steve Rogers. Even to an extent, you know, the first Thor film, I know you mentioned earlier on, Sir Kenneth Branagh, what can I say, I have a man crush for Sir Ken. That was... Maybe not so in the grand scheme of, of some of his other films, but I mean, it was interesting, the character of Thor himself. I'm a broken record. I talk about this. You know, I'm bored talking about it. It's why I love the Chris Nolan stuff, because the Chris Nolan stuff, front and centre, was interested in Bruce Wayne. So for you, just before we go, what's your final thoughts on kind of what I've been rambling on about there or your kind of hopes for, for, for the Marvel Universe beyond Black Panther? I hope that going forward Marvel stick to their guns and take more risks because so far it has paid off um, like I said before with gradually taking their time with Black Panther you know yes it is a risk but it is a risk just taking your time you know and just making sure it's going to pay off it would be nice to see the DC Universe you know just take a step back and kind of see where we go from there okay that's a perfect note to end this podcast So that pretty much brings this podcast to a close. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. But if you can't wait until then, don't forget you can check out our website where you'll find our complete back catalogue of old podcasts. But for now, until our next episode, goodbye.